0: And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah, I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the word of God. Well, God bless you guys. Um, Yeah, like Pat shared, uh, like he said before I came up here, I'm really excited to uh, share what I'm going to be sharing tonight. So, you can go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And tonight we're going to be looking at a record. Um one particular record, but we'll go to some other areas in the Word as well, uh, about one man who was a really great man of God, and he's a great example for us to follow, as we will see. So, 2 Timothy 4 and verse 5. You guys are all there. 2 Timothy 4, 5. Uh, This is toward the end of the Apostle Paul's life and he is giving commandments, he is exhorting uh, Timothy uh, concerning what to do in the future. Four five. it says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. Um, and I really want to hone in on this phrase, do the work of an evangelist, It doesn't necessarily say that Timothy was an evangelist, that he had that gift ministry, Um, but at this time, it was needful for him to do the work of an evangelist. So, what is the work of an evangelist? Um, Well, the Word of God defines itself. Um, We go to previous usages of words to see how they define themselves. So, let's go to Acts. And that's what we'll get into tonight. Um, There's only two occurrences of that word evangelist in the Bible. Um, And we're not going to get to that second one. We'll get to that towards the end. Um, You'll just have to believe me for right now that the man that we're going to look at was an evangelist. Uh, And we'll go to Acts 6. I don't know if I said that. Acts 6, and we'll start in verse 1. It says, in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, this was a time when a lot of people were getting in the word. The disciples was multiplied. That's more than just adding people. You've got two, four, eight, so on. They're multiplying. There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. So this was in Jerusalem, and the believers were meeting every single day. Um, and the Grecians, who were the Greek-speaking Jews, um, in this case, they were Jews that became Christians, um, there was kind of a division between them and the Hebrew or Aramaic-speaking Jews because their widows were neglected. Verse 2, Then the twelve, that's the twelve apostles, called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it's not reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. You know, we have our responsibilities. We need to set somebody else in charge of this to handle this need. Uh, Verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. The word business is need or um, necessity. Um, So we got to... find people that can take care of this. And these, you see um, two different qualities that these men were supposed to have, these seven men. Uh, They were supposed to be of honest report, number one. And honest report means they had a good report card. Um, Mm -hmm. If Mackenzie and Noah were here, I was going to play with them a little bit with that. (laughs) Um, But... An honest report. Again, the Word of God defines itself. So you can leave your finger here and let's go to Hebrews 11, which I typed wrong because I typed Hebrews 1, but it is Hebrews 11. That honest report. Um, Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith, or believing, is the evidence of things hoped for Uh, The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by believing, the elders obtained a good report. Uh, It's the same word, the same phrase here. The believers in the Old Testament got a good report because they believed God. And then, if that's, you know, believe that, um, go to verse 39 in the same chapter. And these all... All these believers having obtained a good report through believing. So you can go back to Acts, flip back there now. Um, So number one, these seven men, they had to be solid believers. They had to be of good report, uh, honest report. And they had to be full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Another way that this can be translated is they had to be wise spiritually. So to be wise spiritually, you have to know The Word of God, primarily, that's how we get our wisdom, right? We want to spend a lot of time with Solomon and his Proverbs. Um, So that's one way you can learn wisdom. But specific wisdom comes, specific spiritual wisdom comes from the Spirit of God, the revelation, manifestation, Word of wisdom. So these men had to be believers, uh, solid believers, and they had to be wise spiritually. Uh, And we'll read through the rest of this record here. Verse 4, But we will give ourselves continually to prayer in the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And number two, they chose Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. That's me. Whom they set before the apostles, and when they prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. Before, it was multiplying, now it's multiplying greatly. And a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Uh, we'll skip to Acts chapter 8. We're going to dig into the life of this guy, Philip, a little bit, who, like I talked about in the beginning... He was an evangelist that's his gift ministry Um, and again we'll see the qualities of an evangelist by looking at the qualities that he had manifested in his life so number one he was a solid believer he walked with wisdom Um, he was helpful and giving to take care of these widows needs Um, and that's how philip's ministry started when you t- he'd taken care of the widows in Jerusalem. When you're faithful in your responsibilities to God, when you're when God gives you responsibilities and you're faithful in those, God gives you more and more responsibilities. So he was a faithful man. Um, in Luke 16, 10, it says, He's that, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Uh, Acts 8. And Saul was consenting unto his death. That's what it says in verse 1. In between the record that we just read and this record, uh, Stephen, who was one of the seven, he was killed. He was speaking the word in the wrong place at the wrong time, I guess, or the right place at the right time. But people didn't like it, and he was stoned to death. But this guy Saul was consenting unto his death. Uh, he was responsible. He was the one that said, do it, you know, gave the, the charge or whatever. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which is at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Um, and just quickly going over it, it might seem it's too hot. Like, we need to leave because of the persecution, because we're afraid we need to get out of here. Um, but clearly that's not it because they, they left because of the persecution. We can't speak the word as effectively as we want to here, so let's move out with it. Um, verse 2, And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul... He made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing, dragging men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. The um, quality of an evangelist, they preach Christ. They're not out there preaching whatever. They're Christ, that's what gets people born again. He heralded Christ verse 6 and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. and there was great what? Joy. There's great joy in that city. Um, so you see again, he's always looking for needs. Um, and he's walking with boldless, boldness, uh, and he's fearless. He's speaking the word and operating the manifestations boldly, without fear. Uh, that's what an evangelist does. And miracles and healings still happen to this day. Uh, leave your finger here and go to John 14. Should be, It's a verse that's familiar to a lot of us. A lot of people think that those things don't happen today um, because we don't see them as often. So they think, oh, well, God just doesn't do that kind of stuff anymore. But really, it's kind of backwards. John 14, 12, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Do we believe on Jesus Christ? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we all, everybody in this room, we all believe in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, the man himself, said that the works that I do, you can do also. Philip believed that. Um, Again, you know, we'll be taking a class coming up soon on how to operate these manifestations. Uh, and like Pat said, that's something we can all be praying about. But also, that's something we can all be believing about, even if you're not taking the class. We're going to be learning these things, and we're going to need practice. So if you want to get your believing up to get healed or whatever, uh, I'm sure we would, all, we would all be grateful for that. All right. Um, verse 8, there was great joy in that city when the word was spoken. Verse 9, but there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Um, so, sorcery. Let's get into that a little bit. Um, it's magic. Uh, we, we already did go into it a little bit before fellowship. Um, again, these things are around today too. The power of God is still around and the power of the devil is still around. Uh, In our area, in our time, just things that I personally, uh, not personally have dealt with these things, but I've seen them in people's lives. Uh, Tarot card readings, Reiki, seances, hypnotism, all of which are caused by the devil and his spirit. Um, The problem with that. Is there is real power there, but there's always a catch. It's kind of like the genie in the lamp. That like you get three wishes, you get what you want, but he always there's a catch, right? There's always a twist on it. He always takes something away. Uh, but the true God only gives. He only gives good. The devil always takes more than he gives. Um, and then that word bewitched. That's a really interesting word. Um, the Greek word is eksistami, which I might be saying wrong. Um, But the prefix is ek, which means out, and histami means to stand. Um, So kind of think about, like, I'm standing, and then, like, you knock me off balance is kind of what it is. Uh, That's literally what it means, but the idea, the thing communicated is you're thrown out of position or to displace. Uh, It's to amaze or the way that I would say it is you blew their mind. So he's operating sorcery, he's operating magic that's blowing these people's minds. Giving out that himself was some great one, verse 10. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Uh, that's another thing with the adversary um, and versus the true God. When the true manifestations are being operated, God always gets the glory. In this case, the man was getting the glory. It's a counterfeit. Verse 11. And to him they had regard because that of long time he had bewitched them. He blew their mind with this, these sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, the real God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Imagine that. This guy goes into this area, these people that are oppressed by the devil, and he teaches them the real word of God, and because of that, they get blessed. They get delivered. Verse 13, And Simon, now this blows my mind, Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, Beholding the miracles and signs which were done, do uh, you know what this word wondered is uh, is exstomy so these people were all like that's amazing what Simon can do but now Simon's following Philip Philip around and he's like, "How is he doing this like I had power before, but this is real power He recognized that um, so another example. Uh, of an evangelist, the way that Philip walked, uh, he didn't have preconceived ideas. He, didn't, he saw the best in people. He saw uh, uh, Simon over here, and he could have said, that guy's sold out to the devil. There's no way he's going to be a Christian. But he saw the Christ, he saw people's potential, um, and he taught him the word anyway. And because he took that chance, Simon believed and got out of that stuff. All right. Okay. Um, Keep reading. Okay, so here it gets into um, a study on the manifestations a little bit, which we won't be digging into. Um, If you would like to do that. There's a great book called Receiving the Holy Spirit Today, where Dr. Werewolf gets into this chapter regarding speaking in tongues. Um, But it's not really relevant to us tonight, so we'll skip over it. or We'll we'll read through it quickly. Uh, Verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Um, that they might speak in tongues, basically, um, when you work this record. So as yet he was, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then lay they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. They spoke in tongues. And that was God's will from the beginning, since the day of Pentecost, is that when somebody is born again, they speak in tongues. That's the proof of the internal reality that you have Christ in you, the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter." or in this ministry, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps, or that, pray, God, that the thought of your heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered, and this is a great answer, Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken come unto me, or upon me what a great man this Simon was, right? Um, A lot of times we call him Simon the Sorcerer, but he wasn't a sorcerer anymore. Um, He had gotten born again. Um, So maybe we could call him Simon the Believer instead uh, because that's who he was. And he's the only one in this record that is, at least is recorded that was in the middle of stuff. Like, There were a lot of other people getting born again, but they're not in this record. Simon was the one that was in the middle. Like, he was following around Philip. He was following around Peter and John and these guys. Um, And he was like, you know, uh, for better or for worse, he's like, I want to be involved in this, you know, to the point where he's offering them money for a ministry. (laughs) All right, keep going forward. Verse 26, or verse 25. And they, so Peter and John, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And the angel of the Lord, so we're getting back to Philip here. The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, Gaza, which is desert. Um, so the angel said, arise and go. In verse 27, Philip arose and went. Mm -hmm. So a quality that Philip had as an evangelist was he was obedient to God's word, to the revelation, right? He was, uh, (coughs) operating that word of wisdom. God was telling him, giving the wisdom what to do. Uh, and he carried that out obediently, um, so it says here that verse 26, the angel says, Arise. He's in Samaria, right? Um, so if he's in the city of Samaria, um, it says, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, Jerusalem unto Gaza. So there's a way, there's a road that goes between Jerusalem and Gaza. You're supposed to go down south to that road. Um, And that's desert there and he says uh why (laughs) the angel doesn't tell him why he just knows this is god's will so i'm going to go and he arose and went and behold that's verse 27 a man of ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under candace queen of the ethiopians who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Um, You know what I think is so great about this record? um, Thankfully, I I don't think most Christians believe this, but there's definitely some groups of Christians that uh, have racist tendencies. Um, But this guy is a man of Ethiopia. So he's from Africa. So you got this Middle Eastern Jew going to witness to this African guy, this one guy. God cares about this one person that much that he sends this guy way out of the way to teach this guy the word. Great example. Uh, He was returning and he read Isaiah the prophet, verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Finally, he gets the next drop of revelation. And Philip ran. He obediently uh, did what God said. He ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. Put yourself in this, right? Just like as we're going through this, think like in modern times. All right, so here's this rich guy. Maybe he's in a limo and he's like reading the word and you overhear this and you're like, hey, do you know what you're reading? He's like, get in my limo. Come on, show me what's going on. Put yourself in this record. Um, The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his his shearer so open he not his mouth In his humiliation his judgment was taken away and who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth and the eunuch answered Philip and said i pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or some other man and philip opened his mouth if you want to teach somebody the word, eventually you're going to have to open your mouth, um, which should be obvious. But sometimes that's easier said than done. Um, but we got to be bold. We really, you know, if if somebody's going to speak the word, it's, it's got to be us, right? Nobody else is going to do it. It ain't going to get done now if no one will do it. Is that the line? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you mayest. Um, Now, water baptism is not necessarily a thing that we have to do in our ministry, um, in our administration. Um, But Philip met people where he was at, right? That's, that's a good example. He met him where he was at. Uh, he said, well, you know, you believe Romans 10, 9, 10, which wasn't written then. But, you know, if you believe with all your heart, you can do that if you want, as long as you believe with all your heart. He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went both down to the water, and Philip, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. That's a cool thing. I never noticed that before. He's rejoicing, right? Just like there was great joy in that city when the word was spoken. Um, This one man was rejoicing because God did this cool thing for him. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Uh... How do we know about Caesarea? Does anybody know? You don't have to answer. Uh -uh. I know you guys actually know. Um, But in Acts 10, Peter goes to Caesarea to teach the word to the Gentiles for the first time. So that's kind of neat. Philip is already in Caesarea long before Peter gets there. And there was quite the thing going on there in Caesarea. If we look at Acts 9, Acts 9.10, this is shortly after, no, that's not it, 9.30, 9.30. This is shortly after Paul gets born again, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Paul spent time in Caesarea. So there's a church there. There's a fellowship there that's growing. Um, and Philip is an important part of that fellowship. Um, and he's just there. He's working the ground. So that when the time for the Gentiles, for Peter to come teach the Gentiles, that area has already been worked spiritually. What, that's a cool example. Um, The word taught in an area changes that area in ways that we can't even imagine, like Pat was sharing. Uh, Look what it did in Samaria. There was great joy in that city. And that's what it did in Caesarea, too, when Philip was there. And us teaching the word here today in Auburn, Skinny Atlas, Syracuse, wherever you guys are from, you guys are online. Um, Wherever you are, you're blessed because you're a believer. The, The neighborhood that you're in is blessed. When we're out there speaking the word, uh, it gets to be even more blessed. And then finally, let's go to Acts 21. And we'll wrap up here. And this is much later in the life of Philip. Acts 9, or Acts 21, verses 8 and 9. we see here that Philip, again, he was faithful. He stayed faithful. Mm. 21.8 And the next day we that were of Paul's company departed and came to Caesarea. So he had settled down there. He stayed there for a while. He wasn't traveling around all over the place anymore. Um, and we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist. I told you he was an evangelist. Which was one of the seven and abode with him. The same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And that's all we know about Philip. That's all that's written about him. It says that uh, he stayed faithful. He was a family man. He had kids, right? Mm -hmm. He was given a hospitality. And he let Paul, the guy who killed his friend Stephen, stay in his own house. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. He was very forgiving and merciful. And then we see that he had uh, these daughters that prophesied that he uh, trained up, he raised them up in the Word to be solid believers. So what a great man this Philip was. What a great example that he left for us that we can follow. God bless you. You can't bring me down, No Word is on my mind.